Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Youngest is confident, but they hear the one we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this family is running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. So we had a lot of NBA to talk about, and obviously, you know, like every typical start of an NBA podcast, you start with not talking basketball because uh, that's what Sean and I do is we try to catch up on the times. And um, I want to start the show with, uh, are you sad to see that family video is actually closing down after all these years? So I have never been in a family video. However, during the pandemic, there were, you know, I'm a big horror movie collector on, on, on Blu-ray because I still collect movies and i watch movies i just think they look better the only place that had a lot of the movies that i was looking for was family video Mm -hmm. and they have really good prices on blu-rays like like not even used ones i'm talking new ones so i started going through them it took like a month for me to get like three things shipped to me but uh, it was it literally saved me like it was like half of what i would have paid but i've only been in i tried to go to one in Kentucky recently and when I went there it was already closed and the doors that were like locked and everything oh, that's so I never so I've never actually been have you been to a family video before I have I'm not proud I'm, of I'm it. assuming the, I'm assuming the one on Dixie <laughs> yep okay that's the one I went to I heard that they were having a going out of business sale and by the time I got to it it was already out of business there so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm sad man I, I do you do you miss I got to ask as like a, as a child of the nineties, do you miss on a Friday night going to a movie store? Yep. It's like one thing that like, I, I, I don't know why that is, but like, there is something that I absolutely crave about that. Uh, Even if like, even if a movie sucked, the box art may have been so cool. NBA live 96. I think I rented it from blockbuster like every week. Dude, same, same, <laughs> same. That was where I rented. That was where, you know, so it's like, it's like on, on top of that, like not just movies, but video games. That's another big yeah. thing. You know, it's like, it's crazy to think like, but I just, I used to go to the, the movie store probably once a week or once every two weeks. My parents were really into renting movies. And that's like one thing that like, I feel is kind of lost in this younger generation. They just never got to experience that. They're like, well, you know, you can just load it up on your TV now. You don't have to go anywhere. And I'm like, you right. don't get it. You don't like, get you it. Don't get it. No. You used to be able to go there, get popcorn. They'd give you free popcorn places yeah. and you'd rent movies and it smelled good. And it's just, I don't know. It was fun. Yeah. Well, it's the officially end of an era, but I'll tell you what's not the end of an era. What was written off way too soon, Sean. And what is that? It's Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry. Yes. So, you know, there was a bunch of Twitter slander going on with the Warriors slow start to the season. A bunch right. of, People out there saying that Steph Curry was washed. So, so was that you from five years ago? No, or no. Surprisingly, you, it did, wasn't you didn't me. do like a time travel thing and like no, start hacking. I didn't into go Twitter to family and, video and, to get the Delorean. And... No. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the slander on on. I mean, Steph's in a really tough situation right now because um, he might be on the the wrong side of his prime, still in his prime, but the wrong side of his prime still a very effective player but he is a player on a not great team right now and an extremely weird makeup of a team right now but um his back-to-back um last two games have been uh, phenomenal i mean yeah 62 points career high 
And then he follows it up with a, a near triple double. 39 and eight. Yeah. 39 and eight. Okay. So yeah, so he's, he's, he's still fantastic. And one thing that you said that was like straight on point is just like how fun it is to watch him when he is just out there cooking. Yeah. And like, cause you can see him having fun again. And just like when he, when he heats up some games, it's just, it's like old times, which old times are just two years ago. <laughs> right. But yeah, already, but it's, it's so sad. Cause they were such a, I know, I know you were on the, uh, the Cavs side of the rivalry uh, due to your, your allegiance to uh, one LeBron James, but mm-hmm. um, during all that, but I, you know, I was, I was kind of rooting for the Warriors over that just because I just, I loved watching them play. I just, I love everything that that team has done. They've, They've ruined basketball for the good. <laughs> yeah, they have. So, yeah, like Sean said, so Sunday night, while we're recording shot callers, we're like updating through the show because we're just all looking at our phone because we couldn't believe the box score. And we're like, we, we close off. We're like, just so we know, going to the third quarter, he has 46 points. And then like, I like close off the show. I turn on my TV and I go, holy crap, he's got 60. And he ended up with 62. And then, yeah, so the next, so they play a double, uh, a, a second game of back to back the next night against Sacramento. And it's like, well, you know, maybe he's tired. Maybe he shot, shot his arms off or something. No, comes out and drops 30 with nine assists and eight rebounds. And so it looked like MVP Steph. And so I think, first off, it's, you know, like I, I talked about it earlier, I think people totally just wrote off. Steph Curry and it was because the Warriors were struggling and like you know without Clay Thompson without Kevin Durant what can he do and it's like um last I remember he won the 2015 title I know that Clay was really good Draymond was good and Andre Godala were good in that series but Steph was Rob the, the finals MVP he was he was the best player in the world I think that year there's I mean, two he years was, he was yeah there was yeah, no one that like, could touch him yeah he was he was uh and I don't understand um any sort of of slander on him at this yeah, point in his career like he's inched his way into you know i mean i don't know where he's going to fall in the the end of his career in terms of you know uh rankings if we're doing that sort of thing which sometimes i think we rank stuff and it feels kind of stupid because it's mm-hmm. just like enjoy the moment whatever but you know i feel like he's he's already got the title for best shooter in nba history it's not like just a couple, I mean, just, just that one season, we, we had already acknowledged that Yeah. the 2015 season, we acknowledged that he was the best shooter in the world, but there are people that I, I think they, they think he's a one trick pony and I don't necessarily that's think that's true. Yeah. And I don't think that is, that is true at all. Like he's, he's a, uh, he's a player that gets his teammates into a game mm-hmm. and, and he does so much more than just shoot threes. He's just, he's a great basketball player. He's just so good. He's, he's what every, you know, kid growing up wanted to be on the basketball floor. I mean, he's just, he's just, he's just a lot of fun. I think one of the points that people make all the time that I really agree with, honestly, is when they talk about like, I think one of the things that makes him so likable, um, first off, he's, he's this generation's Tim Duncan. You know, he is the culture. Like you go, you go to play with Steph Curry. Um, but I think the other thing too, is that a lot, the point a lot of people make, and I totally agree with it is, um, when people say that, like, you don't wake up one day and look like LeBron James, you know, you don't like wake up at six, nine and ripped and like, you know, a freak of nature athlete. 
But like, if you bust your ass and work hard, like Steph Curry did, you can be successful and you can like, not saying LeBron James didn't have to work to get to where he's at by any means. Cause obviously oh, he's, yeah. you know, he's, you know, at worst a top three player of all time. To me, he's top two of all time. I'll tell you what, who's one and two another day. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but I think that like one of the bigger things is um, just the skill set, and, you know, the, you know, you, you mentioned like people are like, well, he's a one trick pony. It's like, no, have you seen his ball handling skills? They're, oh, un- they're unreal. Probably the yeah. second best in, of all time besides Kyrie Irving. He just so happens to play in the same era as the he, other guy who's number one. Yeah. His, his ball handling is actually, I, it's crazy because I would say it's underrated. Because when, <laughs> when, when you talk about like guys who have sick handles and stuff, like Kyrie's name always comes up. And don't get me wrong, Kyrie, yeah. is, he's, he's, he's an animal out there. He's a bad guy. But, uh, Steph just doesn't I feel like him being out I feel like there's this it's a perception that he's out in sunny California and he's not you know in like a hard-nosed city like Cleveland like New York like Boston you know he was born in Cleveland even though he was born in Cleveland so (laughs) and lived in Charlotte his whole life so like it's it's interesting it's just interesting to see uh it's interesting to see what the perception is of people, you know, saying with, with the ball handling and everything, because he's up there. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it's like, and, and it, it's so evident too, like, because his handling is so well, he's able to get open, you know, <laughs> and take those stupid shots. Even if he has a millisecond to get it up, he can still do it because of stuff like that. Yes, I agree. I think too, you got to think like the, the, you know, the, the player model for the two Kers out there, the player build that is Steph Curry has opened the door for so many players. You know, the Trey Youngs, the yeah. Seth Currys, like guys like that who are, you well, know, 6'2", 6'3", can shoot from everywhere. And like Dame Lillard is a perfect example. Dame's a little bit more of a throw down kind of guy too. Like Dame yeah. can do a little bit. He's But Dame's another one. Like I think that the evolution of Steph Curry's game has changed Damian Lillard a lot. I agree. Like I think I think the whole shooting from the logo kind of thing that's and I feel like it's kind of dropped off the last year like people don't do it but a couple years ago there was like players that just had the audacity just to throw it up in your face from the logo and and like people like Dame they make it. Yeah. Like, great like he's a great shooter. But he became a great shooter because he had to be a great shooter to compete with what the Warriors were doing. Like I said they they changed everything. They did. And I think one of my favorite things that just made me laugh earlier this year was um, they were showing during, I think it was training camps. Um, there was a picture of Curry shooting from, it was either Curry or Lillard. It might've been Lillard was shooting from like the logos, which by the way, LeBron James has also somehow developed how to shoot from a logo. Absolutely. And he's another player who also has had to evolve his game to his to... final prime, you know, is going to be elite shooting LeBron James. And I don't know it, if the world's ready for that. No, no. You know, it's like he, at first he was like just world-class athlete dunker who like, you know, would block shots and this, and then he became like, he was always like had a super high basketball too, but like super cerebral LeBron. Now we're at like elite shooting LeBron James. It's like, this is just dumb. Like Kobe Bryant did the same thing too, where he just like, you know, young athlete and then like full basketball player. And then it was like world-class scorer. And then it was, you know, as he got older, it was like 
you found he always found ways. So I think Curry's going to be that guy too, just because he's always going to know how to like kink, like work out the kinks of his shot. If he's not in like rhythm and his motor's off, he's always going to find a way to get back there. So I think what we're seeing now is just excellent. Um, it's really good for basketball. You know, I know Steve Kerr is obviously excited. I noticed that this started when he got rid of his cornrows and he went back to his regular hair. So I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Well, did you notice like he has that video come out where he's at practice? He hits like 105 threes in a row. Oh yeah. yeah and then the next, yeah. like the next few games, it's like he's like on fire, and he's just so. I think that we've, you know, like you said, there was a stretch of my NBA fanhood where, like, yes, I was so pro LeBron that I was frustrated with the Warriors. Um, Who was it? <laughs> the whole NBA was frustrated. <laughs> yes, but um, we're at a point now where it's just. Yeah, so fun to watch. It's so good for basketball. And um, I think like we just have a lot to be excited about. So and, and, and how and how and how good is that gonna be for a development of a player such as James Wiseman? Right. You Nico know, Mannion guy, gets to sit there and watch this every night. Yeah. So you look at you look at that too, and it's like they have they do have the the loss of clay has obviously been I mean, it's it can't be understated. It's it's an incredible loss, but um, seeing Steph go out there, you have these young players that are, that are buying into the system and everything. And, um, you know, I'm not sure that Draymond is necessarily like a huge piece of their future, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, you know, in the next coming years, I just, I don't see it, but, um, I really do think that what they have, uh, what they have built there, the culture, um, they need a few more guys to get back on track and they need a couple more good years from Steph Curry to really be able to, you know, make any other sort of a run again. Yeah. I feel like a healthy Clay Thompson on this team with how he's playing right now being Steph. Um, oh, I, they would have been, they would have been incredible, man. They yeah, would have been, been really good. They, they I don't know if they'd incredible. have been better than the Lakers and the Clippers per se, but I think they would have been right no. there. I think, I think they would have been right there. Um, like I said, I think, I think Draymond's kind of, he's missed a step. He's been hurt certain times. Right. Um, but if I, but Steph and Clay kind of keep each other in check. Um, there's an accountability with both of those guys. If one guy's cooking, the other one might be doing something else or some days they're both just, you know, out there killing it. So um, they're both incredible players, the best shooting backcourt of all time. And uh, I, I look forward, you know, I hope one day Clay gets back there and they can continue doing what they started. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, so let's kind of go real quick to um, let's touch on the Bulls, man. Like we kind of have to just with like what we're seeing. <laughs> look, Do we have to? <laughs> here's the thing. I'm going to say okay. this with precaution because everyone knows that you and I, um, you and I are, you know, unfortunately – very, very in love, unfortunately, with the Chicago Bulls. We've grown up our whole lives rooting for this team, just about yeah. uh, since we've been watching basketball. So I'm not going on here to be like, see Red Tim. Like, I'm not going in here to be like, they're going to be in the playoffs. And, you know, it's just like when Tibbs was there in the Derrick Rose era. But I am going to say this. They are better. They are getting more from guys they didn't get last year. You know, obviously Otto Porter was hurt having him in the lineup has been really good. Yeah. For yeah. And even, even though he looks like he's put on like 30 pounds. Yeah. Uh, he looks he's, like that every year though. I know he just doesn't look like it, this year. He looks especially a little bigger than he usually is. He looks a little out of shape, but he's played well. So I'm like, all right, all right. And also in the back of my mind, I'm like, that's it. Go out there, buddy. 
Get your draft stock. Get your get your, uh, get your trade, trade stock, stock up. up. Yep. Get your trade stock up. We don't. We'll take it. You know, Zach Levine is balling just like always in terms of of scoring. Obviously, um, I think Billy Donovan is a better coach for these guys. The roster is still a mess, and um, obvious. Unfortunately, they've had a COVID nineteen a outbreak on the team. Um, Tomas is out. Uh, Lori Markin is out. Um, Hutch is out. I mean, it's a lot of players out and it's, you know, we'll get to that a little bit later. I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but yeah. Um, but you know, Kobe White's, you know, they're, they're committed to him playing point guard right now, which I like. Um, I like him at being out there on the floor, you know, yeah, uh, that's where I'm at. The, and, and, and I think it's time to invest time into a guy like that. You drafted him high. You don't have a better player than that on, on your team. Really. You got to go ahead and just start him. You know, because I think I think there was a lot of um, like Jim Boylan. Like, I mean, I don't even really want to talk about Jim Boylan, but Jim Boylan didn't know how to use those the players. He didn't know how to motivate players. It, what a clown! Yeah, what a clown. So I do like Billy Donovan being there, though. Um, he's got a lot of lot of work to do with this team, and I I'm I know they're kind of doing a kind of doing a, a safe option right now where they're just kind of evaluating talent because they didn't really do anything this off season. Like, let's look and see what we got, you know, right. but <laughs> which is frustrating for the fans, but at the same time, it's like, okay, they got a new coach who's a proven coach, let him play, see what he can do with them. If there's something they can do, or if there's something they decide that they've tapped out on, then it's time to move on from some of these dudes. Yeah, I agree. So my point was I kind of wanted to talk about the Kobe White, Zach Levine boost. So, um, yes, this season started off pretty awful playing the Hawks that first night. And obviously the next game, they looked terrible too. And look, I know they got beat pretty bad by the Bucks. I'm not going to hold that against them because it's the Bucks. Who hasn't? Right. <laughs> Who <yeah>. hasn't? <laughs> so, They're beasts this year. <laughs> yeah. So my whole thing is going to is that I'm just kind of like talking about the situation of um, – you're seeing these guys get better. You're seeing the improvement. Like you said, these veterans were working on like, you know, getting their draft stock up and they're actually having like conversations that are kind of insane that you're hearing that people, people talk about between like, you know, we're at the point now where it's like, is this guy better than this guy on the team? And should we be starting him? And like two years ago, I've been like, who cares? Just throw five guys out there and see what happens. So yeah. with Kobe and Zach Levine, um, obviously you're seeing the scoring ability, you know, what they did Sunday night together where Levine has 39, I think Kobe had 23, I think they combined for like 13, 14 assists. Like they were, they were pretty awesome. Um, tonight, I don't know, while we're recording this, they'll be playing the Portland trailblazers. They're on their West coast road trip. Um, and it's probably going to be a shootout because both teams are really bad defensively. Um, but, and by the way, you know, who is on the coaching staff of the Portland trailblazers is Jim Boylan. So yeah, he's going out for revenge, baby. I can't believe that anybody else hired him. Yeah, Terry like, Stotts was like, I guess. Did he did he have pictures of him with goats? Like, Must have. Like I just I I don't understand giving that guy a job after after everything that that happened on <laughs> um on last year just. They, they kept him around for way too long it was so, such a it was almost like they didn't want to admit that they were wrong right but 
Yes, exactly. So I think we're like what I wanted to talk about here is it's the first time in a while. Like, yeah, they're three and four. We're not acting like they're like world beaters. And, you know, in this West Coast road trip, they play the Lakers. They play the Clippers. They play the Blazers. Like, they got a lot of tough games. So, you know, if this team starts out five and 11, you know, somewhere around there, like, sure. that's progress. That's improvement. That's a better basketball team. Um, and, I, you know, we're, we've obviously been very open that we're in the camp of, like, no, Zach Levine cannot be your best player on your, on a, on a, like a, your playoff contending deep run team. Yeah. But um, at that same point, I think that it's nice to see them getting better. It's nice to see improvement. And last thing before we move on from the bulls, this Wendell Carter versus Daniel Gafford thing is nuts to me. I understand yeah. that like, people are just like Daniel Gafford dunks. Therefore he's fun. Therefore he should start. Yeah. Doesn't always work that way. Is he a blast yeah. to watch? Absolutely. I love watching that. You know, when I wrote about his draft profile, I said he was the best tight end in the NBA draft, meaning if you throw the ball up towards the rim, he's going to catch it and throw it down. You know, like yeah. a Rob Gronkowski. Not that he's Rob Gronkowski, but um, that kind of like point was what I was making. So I like that, you know, he's getting better. And I know Wendell has not really been great so far. Obviously, the first two years with Boylan were rough. And it seems like he's really trying to figure out a situation with Boylan, I mean, with uh, with Billy Donovan. They're playing a lot of drop coverage with him. So he's kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't blitz the ball handler every time I want to pick and roll anymore. So <laughs> he's, he's learning that pretty quickly. Um, so it's going to be a little bit there. But I just I, I find it funny. I also find it nice that we're kind of back in that situation with the Bulls where it's like, we're talking about depth. Like they have guys on the bench that can play. What? Like, yeah. Well, and they're, and they're both young guys um, yeah. still. So there's only, you know, room to improve. Yeah. I think Gafford's a um, year older than Wendell. Yeah. I, I believe he is. I believe he is. And, uh, but you know, for his reserve role that he's, he's getting right now, he's averaging Gafford's getting 15 minutes a game right now, which right. is he's up, he's up one minute from it, from what he was last year. He played in 43 games. Uh, last year including seven starts uh Wendell Carter obviously was hurt um most of the year last year so don't forget about Luke um, Cornette baby <laughs> oh I will <laughs> I will I will forget I will forget about him but um like you said they're both the last couple games they've both been putting up similar numbers um Wendell is the the guy from the better program and everything but you know eventually Gafford may Wendell is the guy right now. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, you know, it, at some point Gafford may outplay him, you know, and that's, and that's good. That's good for the team. Um, you want to have a guy that's, you know, working harder than the, the guy who, you know, uh, maybe he had a higher draft stock like Wendell. Right. So. Yeah, I agree. And then last thing I want to touch on with the bulls. Um, I really have liked what I've seen so far from Patrick Williams. You've definitely seen rookie moments. Oh Yeah. Um, yeah. prop, props to that kid for dealing with guarding Giannis in, like, in his first Bucks versus Bulls game. Did he get his Poor ass bastard. kicked? Absolutely. Yeah. Got, uh, there was that quote. He's, I guess he was like, my whole body feels like it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I totally get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, it just feels like he like, it feels like the game's not too big for him. And I thought that at Florida State yeah. a lot too. Well, and, and he's 19. Yeah. And this is a guy who was in high school two years ago and now he's starting an NBA game, you know, yeah, he was the sixth just, man at Florida state. Like, now he's like, a like, in the NBA. like just completely thrown into the fire. And um, you know what? He's an NBA player. Like there's no yeah. doubt about that to me. Like 
he is capable of playing in the NBA. He is 19. He is only going to get better. Yes. Um, you know, and, and if you look at a lot of the numbers um, from the rookies that are coming out this year, um, his are kind of right there in the middle, you know, and he's, he's, you know, he's played well. He's had some nice rookie moments. He's had to guard Giannis and get his ass kicked, yes. you know, so it, it's going to be, it's going to be up and down, you know, and I, I don't expect any of these. I didn't really expect anybody from this draft class to come in and just be, and just an all out baller this year. There were yeah. so many question marks about every prospect. It was the most overanalyzed draft ever. And I'm not sad that the Bulls picked up Patrick Williams. He wasn't the, uh, wasn't the uh, fanciest name out there or anything or, you know, the sexiest pick, but he, you know, he's, he's put in some, some good time for them right now. And I think he's going to be better. I completely agree with you. Sorry. I'm trying to get my NBA TV up while we're recording so I can watch the Lakers and Grizzlies game. But um, while I'm good, th- good thing it's on NBA TV and, yeah. uh, and uh, not, uh, not NBA league pass. Cause you might be, uh, you might be blacked out. No, we would be blacked out. You would be. So, so you, so you live in a different part of you, you live a little bit further South than me and you are blacked out mm-hmm. from, from the Grizzlies. Are you blacked out from Indiana too? Indiana, Cleveland, Indiana, Cleveland, and Grizzlies. And we live so far, we live extremely far away from, from Memphis, yes. <laughs> like extremely far away from Memphis and Indianapolis is two hours away and Cleveland is what? Four hours away. Yes. So it's just wild to me that they Memphis would, they is five would, hours, five hours. I know it's, it's, it, we're not even in the vicinity of, of that. You know, it's like blackouts are stupid. NBA, are, are very NBA needs to do better about that. That's it's, it's a joke. It's one of those few things I think the NFL does better than the NBA is like, you don't have to worry about like sellouts anymore to watch your teams play home games. Yeah. Well, that was something they had to change a few years ago though. Cause that was a big thing. Yeah, it was the Bengals. They were like a playoff Bengals. game that they almost didn't they were, sell out. They were they were giving away tickets so they could they could have it on television. I mean, it was wild. It was, but it was fun. Cincinnati problems, guys. You guys will understand. Never will. Oh, nope. Here we go. Oh, back to back. I got the Bulls and Blazers on there after that. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Real nice. Real nice. All right, so let's talk about another team who is definitely playing over their heads right now. <laughs> the Knicks. Oh man, yeah, right. Yeah. So here's the thing on the Knicks right now that I, I've really noticed. One, Julius Randle has been very good. He has been really good this year. Um, you know, it's it's good that they have a power forward that's standing out from the other power <laughs> forwards they have. Yeah, I saw that Bobby Portis thing where I guess someone was like, he guess he had a really good game with Milwaukee, and they're like, this is what he should have done with the Knicks last year, and he said there were too many power forwards. <laughs> It's true though. It's it's like true. Yeah. It's an absolutely true statement. How are we blacked out on NBA TV for a Grizzlies game? You're blacked out on NBA TV. This is unbelievably stupid. Oh man, VPN, so, VPNs, Tim, VPNs. Apparently, <laughs> so right now the Knicks are four and three. Again, we're not talking about this team like they're world beaters. So don't think we're coming on here like. Oh man, you know, that's not what we're getting at at all. Um, <laughs> we will never ever come on here and talk about the Knicks, even if they are world beaters, which is never going to happen in our lifetime. Nope. nope. It's but just so, so pretty impressed you, that they beat the Hawks last night in Atlanta. Yeah. And they've been on a tear, the Hawks. Yeah, they have been. So here's the thing I'm going to say about them. Do I, th- I kind of feel like they're similar to the Bulls in a sense that like, 
they have nice players, but they don't have like the guy where I think the Bulls have really nice players, but like Zach Levine can't be the guy. I don't think Julius Randle can be the guy. Like, yeah, there, think it's, that, it's, he's, he's the same situation right now in power forward form. Yes, exactly. But I will say like last night against the Hawks, RJ Barrett looked fantastic. He played 43 minutes right up Tibbs alley, baby. Play yep. these guys till their legs fall off. I'm reading that he, that he played 44 actually. <laughs> Julius <laughs> Randle played 43. Yeah. Um, oh, Alfred, Payton, Alfred Payton, Austin Rivers played 33 minutes off the bench. Wow. And, you know, they're getting nice minutes from Emmanuel quickly, who's been really nice for them. The late first round pick they got in the draft out of Kentucky. Yeah, 16 points last night. Yeah, obviously, Obi Toppin's been hurt, so they're waiting to get him back. And that's going to be exciting when he's fully healthy. And and that's why that's why Randall is on this tear right now. He knows <laughs> that Obi is in town and he's like he's he's the show right now. Everybody's there for the Obi Toppin show mm-hmm. or, you know, so um, what else? You know, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and bring this up because I bring it up every year and I always pick this guy up on my fantasy team, but Alfred Payton, man, <laughs> like your guy, like he's like, a, he's like an inefficient triple double and yeah. like all the time. Like he's like one of those weird stat stuffing pl- players. And some nights he has like some, there's some nights when he has absolutely just baller out nights. Yeah. And he's you're just like, bonkers. He's just, yeah. And you're like, you're like, how in the world is this happening? Like, against the the when they beat the pacers earlier this last week on on uh, on saturday peyton had 19 points eight rebounds and five assists like that is quality production yes quality production and julius randall that game plugged in 12 points 11 rebounds and eight assists so it's like and rj Barrett had 25 and 5 and he had 25 and 5 exactly so you look at that and you're getting great production from one a a nba journeyman like alfred payton who yes. just keeps going back to the knicks and putting up you know great <laughs> great fantasy numbers for sean Mackey, and you know and then you've got julius randall this year who's just been on a tear and this is a guy that you know i i don't know how you felt about him at kentucky i really liked, I liked him, him a kentucky. lot like yeah. i thought he I was, was heartbroken you know, when he broke his leg as rookie because i thought he'd be really I, good for the i Lakers. was too I, I i was too like i there was and there was like this huge part of me that wanted him to somehow get to chicago you know because i just i i Same. just loved his game um but he's had to step it up this year and we've seen this from him before he's had little mini tears like this in the past yeah. and he's kind of dipped down but that's because they have so many players and the same shit is going to happen again Yes. And Obi Toppin eventually comes back. Yes. Um, Our point here is not that we think the Knicks are a playoff contender by any means. Our point here is that for once you can enjoy watching the Knicks. Like it's just for, I don't know how long it's going to last, but you can. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, right now, what are they sitting at? They're at a, um, what's their record at the moment? They're four and three. They're four and three now. So that's way better than they thought they were going to be. And, uh, so tomorrow night, um, they're playing the jazz and then on Friday they got the thunder. So um, these are winnable games for them in my mind, honestly, both of them. So it's, you know, if they, if they can continue on this little tear, you know, this is good. And this is good for your, your morale and your team. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got a new coach and Tom Thibodeau, someone who I predicted would never head coach again. And here he is, he's head coaching again. Good for him. He's like, I don't have to wear a suit anymore. I don't have to wear Hell a suit yeah. anymore. He's not going to stroke can be out. Can pizza. So I can't even go to work and eat pizza. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy for the Knicks right now. They got a few players. Um, I will say this. The Knicks have a lot of interesting pieces on this team. They do. 
and we talked about that. You said they're at least a player away. <laughs> they're two players away, really. Might be four. They might be. <laughs> it might be four. <laughs> like um, their best bet to be an All Star is probably, as far as like a consistent All Star, is probably R.J. Barrett. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, look, this isn't a dig on Julius Randle. Um. I really like Mitchell Robinson. I think he's a great defender. Same. He definitely same. win defense. I think he's definitely defensive player of the year worthy with the way he blocks shots and rebounds yes but do i think he's a superstar not 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 on this team on if he was on a a title contender i think he would be a great contributing yeah put him on the um, lakers put him on the lakers with marcus saul as like your center rotation yeah like do something like that and he's gonna he's gonna be great but there's one thing that i i think the knicks kind of i would regret if i were them and that's not trading kevin knox a year ago Mm-hmm. when he's got some was, nice burn with um with Obi being out he's getting some burn but i i just you know the the comparisons when he he had such a, a weird season at kentucky that year and uh, we didn't really know what we could see and there was he's had flashes of just like oh my god but he's really kind of tapered off um and he's not getting the minutes tibbs isn't playing him as much as the other guys which is telling I just feel like if they would have just went ahead and got rid of him somehow last year, I think they could have got something more back in return because there's a little bit more mystery about him at the time. Yeah. And I don't think that's there anymore. Yeah. And, you know, they do definitely have like some trade pieces. I'm not saying they're going to get like, you know, this not Carmelo Anthony trade all over again by any means, but a team that really I hope, needs, I hope they never do that again. <laughs> yeah. A team that really needs a good on ball defender is like your backup point guard, like Frank, Frank Nidalekina. That's a good situation for him. You need a good veteran wing. They've got Reggie Bullock, you know, and like, I mean, the Lakers traded Reggie, got traded for Reggie Bullock for basically nothing. You yeah. Know, just to have him on the team, you know, a couple of years ago and it didn't work out, but they had, you know, that's what he thought of in the NBA. Um, and I think too, like you see like a team like Philadelphia with how much they've improved with just getting shooters and playing good defense. I think that's a good mix. Like that's a good sign of what the Knicks could have. Um Again, we're not sitting here talking like, how do I put this? Do I think the Knicks and Bulls will be the bottom two teams in the East? Probably not, but I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't know if I'm at the point where I say they're in the play-in tournament. So, oh, no. you know what I mean? Like, because six teams no. don't make the so like five teams in each conference don't make the play-in tournament. So you got like, one through six and seven through ten. So that means five are out. These two teams yeah. are definitely teams that are out, but like. Who's in over them? The Pacers are too good for us to put in that conversation. I don't know the, how good the Celtics are. I think that or, they're definitely Orlando. I'm gonna I'm gonna put them above them. I have you watched them? They're not bad. No, they're, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like Markel Fultz. By the way, who's been preaching that train for years now and is finally getting some? <laughs> I've been telling you all as long as you've been listening to this show that Markel Fultz can play NBA basketball. My point is being Tim. Tim, right Tim was solely sold on his NBA 2K uh, uh, character that had a lot of potential. Yes, but <laughs> I loved him at Washington. No. So it's not like yeah. yeah, yeah. When people are like, I just don't see it with him. Like, yeah, get him out of Philadelphia. And maybe he's really good somewhere. I was like praying the Bulls would trade for him. Yeah. You know, now they have Kobe he, he White, was, so it's he was, fine. He was the NBA's mystery man. Yeah, but yeah, I think Orlando's up there. Um, I don't know where I'm at with the Cavs because I definitely think they're a lot better. And I think JB Bickerstaff's a good coach for them. And they have good pieces that if like four of them hit, they're a good team, you know, but yeah. if, 
if two of them hit, they're in trouble. And, you know, Colin Sexton has just made this huge jump this year. Um, Darius Garland's a good player. And Andre Drummond is like, you can tell he's playing on a contract year where he's probably yeah. going to be the top free agent in the draft because all those guys are signing extensions. And Kawhi's going back to the Clippers. I don't know how to tell you guys otherwise. He will be back with the Clippers next year. He might not pick up his option, but he will sign back with the Clippers. Would would be the ultimate dick move if he didn't, though. Wouldn't that be awesome? It feels like, <laughs> oh I'm going God. to... He's like, I want to be out of the limelight. I'm uh, I'm going to Chicago. And I'd be like... Yeah, yeah. Don't think that's <laughs> happening. Don't yeah, think that's happening. it's not. It's not at all. But he's not going to Brooklyn either. He's not going to Miami. He's not going to Dallas. Actually, if he went to Dallas, it'd be pretty awesome. But I don't know how they'd make that work. Regardless, my point is... Um, I think that, like... You know, and Toronto's really bad right now. I think we're really starting to see who they really are with just all these, you know, how bad their team's been. And a lot of that is playing in Tampa. A lot of that is just, you know, this goofy year. But at some point, Siakam's got to be better, and OG Ananobi's got to be better. Um, that's a team that if they're bad come the deadline, I could definitely see shopping Kyle Lowry. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Like, you know who would really love Kyle Lowry? The Clippers. They would love him. You know who else would really love Kyle Lowry? The Mavericks. They would love him. He's another. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, I think with Toronto this year, which obviously they're not playing well at all. Um, well, I'm, I wouldn't say they're not playing well, but they they haven't they're been not winning. Playing well. Yeah, <laughs> they're not playing well. I was. I'm trying to go easy on them, man. They're well, Toronto. I mean, Pascal Siakam, who you know, like I've always been high on, all of a sudden just like leaves a game the other night, just like comes back and like gets ejected and like it's like yeah yeah he's you know they're frustrated they're frustrated and i think uh and uh, that's gonna be hard and like and their general manager has not their general manager is not signed to another deal like he's on the last year of his deal he's the top agent in basketball he is yeah masai uh Ujuri is the he is the top free agent in basketball right now because it's odd to me that he is not locked down again um i don't know where he's going um, but you know, wherever he's going to go, he's going to make a big splash. And, um, I just, um, he's certainly not scared. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, the ballsiest move in the last 20 years in terms of trade was trading for Kawhi Leonard. I mean, it was, it was the balls and it paid off, you know, it doesn't matter what happens the year before or the year after you win that championship, but you got your team, a championship, one that you may not have ever won for the next 20 years. Yeah. Um, you give your fans that one moment it's, it, anything is is worth it even if it's fleeting yeah so the point was you know who are the teams that are above the Knicks and bulls and i think you know you know who's sorry we, we get off them? topic i'm sorry yeah, who's <laughs> gonna get above them in that play in so i think washington will i definitely think they're gonna get better especially as westbrook gets more comfortable there with beal um i'm all for a, a washington flame out though it's gonna happen <laughs> like know? i want to see it i want them to gut out that team i want to see bradley beal someplace else like i that team's not winning anything. Come on. Yeah. I agree. Come on. I mean, Philly, obviously they're in there. They're playing good this year. Uh, they have best record in the NBA believe right now, um, which makes the James Harden thing even more odd at the moment. So there's a lot of different ways this can swing, but um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then I think too, I, I know what I'm going to sound when I say this. Oh no. I think Charlotte's going to be a play-in team. Oh, okay. I I can I can I can There's a reason they went out and got Gordon Hayward because they felt like they were close. Um uh, PJ Washington's developed well, Miles Bridges developed well. 
they have some young dudes that are like pretty decent players. They finally got off Nick Batum's contract. Finally. Yeah. And like LaMelo and Terry Rozier really have been solid for them. I mean, LaMelo is still learning NBA basketball. Um, He's he's already a phenomenal uh, passer. Just, just a great facilitator. So, I I mean, his game's only going to get better. Yeah. Shout out my man, Sam Purley from the Hornets um, over there, like doing a lot of great work on Hornets.com and Hornets Venom. Yeah, he like runs their their like video game, their their 2K teams like website too. So he's always giving me good Hornets advice and like stuff to watch for. So I always love watching that team. Um, and then you know, like I said, like the Pacers are just above that now. Like if you watch them play, you know that they're good. Victor Oladipo is getting back to his old self, and uh, Mark Schindler, by the way, who's been on the show with us before, he's going to be on Shot Callers this Sunday with Ben. And I, um, so we're going to talk about the Pacers and their, their season so far. I want to make sure I threw that plug in, um, you know, and like the Nets are obviously struggling right now and they're obviously going to be out without KD for a week, which we're going to get to before we clock, uh, clock out tonight. But, you know, I'm happy to see these teams progressing that we're talking about. It's just, you know, like we said, like, I think they're in the same boat and situation if it's a new coach they're getting their pieces together, but they're still waiting for that guy. And if these two teams are in the lottery, like that's great being the bulls and the Knicks, because this is a way deeper draft than last year. Like if you're picking at the end of the lottery, you can get Deshaun Nix, who's the point guard for the G league ignite team who spurned Mick Cronin. So I like him a lot already. <laughs> um, so, and that kid's really good at basketball. Like you get him at 14, like you could potentially win the lottery. He's really good. Um, but also if you're just like flame out, like we expect these two teams to, and you have a shot at Kate Cunningham or Jalen Suggs, like if the Bulls got Jalen Suggs, mark my word, Sean. Yeah. You've been talking about this for a while now. It's not going to happen because they're too good to be like with top four, like with top four pick team. doesn't matter. Um, All you gotta yeah, do you're is... right. It doesn't matter. Tank, doesn't matter. Yeah, the end of tanking. But I do think that if the Bulls got Jalen Suggs, I would probably be driving to the United Center to go to the Bulls team shop to be first in line to buy that jersey. You, you, you'd drive that far just for a jersey you wouldn't order it online? No, because I would want to be there to hold it in my hand that day. <laughs> okay. He is that good. Have you watched clips? I, I, I have. I have oh watched my God. He's that. Yeah. Did you see that pass he made the other, that bounce pass? Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't see anything. No, you, I, I checked him out a while back when you were you were gushing about him in front of me. So I'm uh, sure if if, if, <laughs> if 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 he comes to Chicago, I'll, I'll, wel- I'll welcome him with open arms. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So last team before we talk, we want to, I'm going to touch on real quick. Um, you know, we're obviously sick of James Harden trade talk. So I'll be left it for the end. We're just going to briefly go through it. I'm at the point where I think this best situation is staying in Houston. The way John Wallace <laughs> come back and the way yeah. how well he's played, how yeah. good Christian Wood's been. Yeah. Like, dude, don't be dumb. This is like, this is better than anywhere else you're going to like have a situation for yourself right now. Like Wall is completely like changed how to come back from Achilles injuries. He looks like, you know, old John Wall. He looks like John Wall. He doesn't look like old John Wall. He just looks like John Wall. Yeah, and, like, you Kevin know? Durant, obviously, is a different story just because he's a freak of nature already. Like, there's just – you knew he was going to come back and be really good. It's just what it was. What it was. But I don't understand, like, you still have Eric Gordon. You know, Steven Silas has really shown that he can be a good coach. Um, I know Boogie got teed – like, he got teed and ejected last night with two technicals in, like, three minutes, but that it just happens. means he's back. It happens. So, it Boogie's happens. back. Boogie's Wall's back. back. 
I mean, the numbers, let's just, let's just talk like from a couple of days back, just looking at his numbers against the Kings. I mean, he, he put up 28 points, six assists, four rebounds. Um, again, it's once again, it's the Kings, whatever. Christian Wood, 20 points, 15 rebounds. He's so good. I mean, it's just incredible. Some of the stuff that they can do. And then, you know, um, you know, you're adding James Harden and there was, was it the, was it the other Kings game that I was watching the other day? Let's see here. Yeah. The one where, where Harden scored 33. I watched that one and that was, it was just an incredible game. They were down and he yeah. got them back and he wasn't the one taking the shots. He was facilitating at the end of the game. Harden was facilitating and he looked great. Yeah. Like he looked fantastic. And I'm like, okay, why don't you just be this player and just stick around there? You know, but it's like, you know, I, I think the writing's on the wall. I think he's, I think he's inevitably going to be traded by the, by the trade deadline. Unfortunately, Um, it's only going to pad John Wall's stats. Um, John Wall just, I mean, like you said, he's, he's been incredible. Um, Obviously he is, I know over the last week or so he's opened up to some other teams as well. He's mentioned that he won't, he doesn't mind if he goes to. <laughs> he's at the point where it's like, when they're like, all right, what's your list? And he just throws it out and just rolls and it's just team names. It's just all of the teams, you know? Yeah. Um, James, I mean, we're he's, on he's, here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is also uh this is also a choice. You know, maybe I could just stay here. Oh, okay. Well maybe you could James. <laughs> But Christian Wood has been fantastic. Like, what so a get good. for them. Uh, what a get for them. Um, and, and The Pistons signed all those centers, and they let him walk. <laughs> gotta have Plumley, baby. You gotta have Plumley. Got, Can't have, have Christian Plumlee. Wood there's, if you have Plumley. There's, really, there's a really great game on tomorrow night. The uh, The Rockets are playing the Pacers tomorrow. I'm excited. Um, or, or, or today, I should say. Uh, 7 p.m. Um, and that's, that's actually going to be a very interesting matchup. In yeah. my, my mind, because those are two of the most exciting teams in basketball right now to watch. Pacers, you know, we just, anyway, we just talked about it, but Savonis, if he keeps this up, he's going to be an MVP candidate. Yeah, I think Bill Simmons made this point talking about the Pacers the other day, and I totally agree with it. Um, and it's very rare. I totally agree with the Bill Simmons point, just so I'm just going to put it out there, where he said, you can tell Savonis and Malcolm Brogdon are the best players on the team, but Victor Oladipo believes he's still the best player on the team, and that's a good thing because he's playing, he lights out. And he's almost fully yeah. back. Yeah, and it's it's taken him a little while to um, to get back because he was on such a tear before he got hurt a couple years ago. Yeah, um, he was even sticking it to LeBron a couple years ago. I mean, it was. I mean, he he just he's just an incredible player. Um, but he needs to have confidence to be able to do what he does. And uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon uh, was. I, I know we talked about this so much last year, but he was the biggest a loss. Times. A million times, and I just I, I can't stress to you how stupid that whole thing was. It just it angers me. I'm glad they got Rue Holiday and everything, Same. but oh god, yeah, I'm with you. You could have kept totally him. You, you could have kept him. Yes, kept exactly. Him, you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. We won't talk about it anymore. I'm with you. Um, so I know. Lastly, the one of the things we wanted to touch on. Um, you wanted to kind of go into what we're seeing right now with. You know, with the bubble, we didn't have this issue as far as like how COVID was affecting NBA teams. And now we're really starting to see it kind of a lot. You know, the Rockets obviously had to push back their first game because of contact tracing. Um, the Bulls are in a situation where Markin and Tomas Sadaransky, Chandler Hutchinson were, and I think was it Luke Cornett? Was he the other one? Yeah, Cornett's the other one. Yeah. Yeah. They were like in a van together in DC. So like Chandler Hutchinson, apparently, I was listening to Bulls talk today. He's still in DC. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Um, you know, that's obviously been a thing, uh, been an effective. And then obviously the big one is Kevin Durant with contact tracing, who's already tested positive is now, you know, out for the week. Yeah. So, and that's, and, and, and you look at something like that. Cause I mean, the virus is, you know, something we're still learning about, you know, um, but someone who already has the virus, but because of protocol is not going to be able to be able to, to be able to play. And he's one of the league's biggest stars. Um, when you have that going on and you, you know, a, a team like Brooklyn, whose whole image is their two stars right now, you know, uh, missing him for a few games is, it's a big deal. And they haven't had a great season yet so far. Right. Like the Brooklyn Nets, they had those first couple games and they're, oh man, or the preseason games or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, these guys are good. And it's like regular season comes along and you're kind of like, well, I don't, I don't know about them, you know, because losing Dinwiddie to injury, uh, I can't understate this was a big deal. Like a really, really big deal. I thought he was one of those guys who kind of brought that whole team together and uh, was essentially going to be kind of their really their third guy this year and and he's gone so for someone like that just seeing how this is affecting um the league um it's just it, it's really interesting because they don't have the bubble like you said right now so it's it's i don't know what they're gonna do i know they've they've uh, introduced this big you know contract tracing thing where they're basically yeah. going to be monitoring players all the time you know which is just seems totally radical and crazy but like at the same time it's like you got to keep the players safe you got to keep the refs safe the coaches everybody um because you never know um you just never know and it's uh it, it's kind of hurting the league but at the same time you don't want to be reckless with this stuff yeah i agree um you know, it's certainly a frightening circumstance and obviously it sucks, but you know, there's the good news is they are like on top of it. They're making sure they don't get in these situations. You know, we criticize the NFL quite a bit for just being like, well, we're going to play regardless. And it's just like, that's not smart. Case in point, the Denver Broncos lose all their quarterbacks one week and they have a practice squad wide receiver starting to get quarterback for the game. Like, yeah, you're not, you're not seeing that in the NBA. Um, looks like the G League is going to have a bubble, is, is what I'm reading. It looks like they're actually talking about Disney World for the G League bubble. So I'm totally yeah. excited for that. That's that's um, a great idea. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I think that it's obviously it's obviously a huge deal. It's you know everyone you got to be protective because there's still a lot of unknowns. There's still a lot to be worried about. Um, but we still get basketball. We saw the NBA think this through as far as allowing G League guys to be on the roster during this time and things like that. So it's scary. Um, you obviously, you obviously hope the best for all those guys, but at the end of the day, we still have basketball. Thank God. Yeah. Right. And they've, they've, and they're all and they're doing the right things to make sure these guys are taken care of. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do. I, you know, I've said this before, they, they were kind of the golden standard during more than our, our actual government, (laughs) (laughs) which is, which is just like mind blowing to me. Um, you know, they were, they were so proactive about things. And I think, uh, you know, it's, uh, they've done a fantastic job. And even with them not being in a bubble right now, let's, they, with a full contact sport, they're still doing a great job. Yes, definitely. Um, last thing before we get out of here, uh, I want to kind of make mention real quick, obviously a NBA legend passed, unfortunately this past weekend and, former Phoenix Suns and Boston Celtics star, Paul Westfall, former Phoenix Suns head coach also. Um, yeah. For the younger kids, they know Paul Westfall as a diamond my team card that shoots the lights out from three. <laughs> but 
for like our parents of ages who like watched NBA basketball, he was like one of the stars. Um, obviously had a great career for both those teams. It's kind of like, would you say he's Mr. Sun besides like, because I don't really consider Barkley Mr. Sons. Oh, I don't consider Barkley Mr. Sun at all. Yeah. Maybe Connie <laughs> Hawkins or Walter Davis, but I think I would put Steve there. Nash on there before I. I okay, I said, Steve Nash, you're right. Barkley. Yeah. So I could, I could do that. Uh, but yeah, when I think about when you when you think about the the legacy of the Suns and a lot of those guys from like the late 70s early 80s uh Westfall <laughs> he's there um uh, Connie Hawkins uh a little bit earlier he's there um uh, and then Walter Davis obviously <laughs> so yeah um uh, but um it's it's sad you know and you know like I said he, he was the coach for a really long time too so and mm-hmm. from what everything that I've read the last week he was, just seemed like a really decent person too so it's a it's a huge loss for the Phoenix Suns family yeah it's been rough you know with um you know Paul Westfall passing Tommy Heinsohn passed a few months ago yeah so, you know like it, you can see like these like NBA legends especially like in the Celtic situation they're mentioning those two guys. Yeah. Um, so that's tough. And then today's the anniversary of Pistol Pete's death 33 years ago. It's wild. It's nuts. It's wild. Yeah. So obviously, you know, really tough to see this. And, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, it's the best wishes to the Westfall family, the Meritage family who's still mourning and like remembering this, remembering this day. Uh, but I want to make sure we paid our respects to NBA stars who, obviously paved the way for some of the great guys we have today. So before we get out of here, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for this week on Shot Collars. We're going to have Mark Schindler on. And he, Mark's been with, on with Sean and I before. He has a very impressive vinyl collection up there with Sean's, um, as we saw on his on his Zoom window that was behind him. Uh, Big-time Pacer guy. So obviously excited about the start they're having. And uh, him and Ben being Pacer fans, that'll be fun to have them talking, get some joy out of it. But nice that we're going to have him coming up. Um, and then keep an eye out for some more things coming. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, this season continuing. Everyone have a good night and thanks for tuning in. And uh, please, if you can see this, share it with your friends and family, whether you listen to it, watch the Facebook bids. We, we really appreciate it all. So take it easy, everyone.